Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Anthony Murphy Podcast. Today we're talking to Luke Jorgensen, who is the founder of Lush Property Services Group. Luke and his family are based in the Golden Valley and we got him into the studio to talk all things property. Uh, Luke is also a certified property valuer, has spent lots and lots of time within the industry, lots of experience, and has now gone out on his own to build Lush Property Services Group to help people invest, find property, buy land, and build their property portfolio. So very interesting conversation. It's a topic that I'm extremely interested about. So we sat down with Luke and that conversation is coming up next. Mate, how's things? Yeah, really well, thank you. So, um, mate, I think um, I need to add a little bit of context here to this to this conversation. So, it's really good to be uh, jumping back into in-person interviews, um, yep. having people in the studio. That's a whole lot of fun. Um, but for everybody listening in and watching in, mate, uh, a little bit of context. We have known each other for a couple of years, yep. came across each other, or our, our, our paths crossed, I suppose, through the local hockey club of all yes. things. Yep. So, uh, I was... Uh, a, a newbie to hockey, very much a newbie, and uh, mate, you've been at it for most of your life, basically. 22 hey, twenty-two years, I think it is. Not that you can. Twenty-two years. Not that I, I've got the skill of a, a twenty-two-year veteran, but um, you look like it, mate. Oh, I try. Yeah, exactly. Fake it till you make it. That's it. That's it. Scored a few. Uh, you've scored a few already this season, actually. One. One. I've only scored one. I've played three games, but only scored one. Oh, I swear the newspapers got it wrong then. I saw a three next to your name the other no, week. that might have been votes. Oh, it would have been two. Maybe. It would have been. I was looking at the wrong that, section. It's good to know that I've got some votes. <laughs> Someone out there likes me. Keeping up with things. Mate, uh, for everybody who is tuning in, mate, can you please give us a bit of a, just a bit of an introduction? Who is um, Luke, from Luke uh, from Lush Property Services Group? Um, all right. So I'm a obviously local, um, grew up in Marutna. Went to Marutna Primary, Marutna Secondary, um, then went to Melbourne to do my tertiary studies, went yep. to Deakin, um, as well as a short stint at RMIT, and came back to become a property valuer. Um, now, in before that, I did a bit of stuff in real estate and, and things like that, but found that property valuing was my passion. So, where do you, where do you, where do you come across, like, where does that sort of, where does that interest stem from? And all of a sudden, yeah, well, go, oh, I'm going to get into property <laughs> development. So the interest started with my parents when I was about 10, 11. Yep. Um, they started get, getting a real interest in, in looking into property investment. So my Saturdays were going to auctions, open homes. Yeah. Um, Sundays were, you know, going over the numbers and, yep. and things like that. Yep. Um, and, you know, talking to, to mum and dad. And look, as a kid, I hated it because when all my friends were, were out you know, going to the parks and, and going to, you know, going on holidays to Queensland. I was at a, a rental property cleaning <laughs> in between tenants and helping mum and dad renovate and things like that. So as a kid, I absolutely hated property um, yeah. and vowed never to, to touch the stuff because at the time I thought it ruined my childhood. Yes, yes. And look at me now. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like I was, I was this 12-year-old that knew what a line of credit was, knew what loan-to-value ratios were, knew what yields were, um, which isn't normal. Some some pretty serious life skills there though. Yeah, but it's it's come sort of full circle and it's it's really helped um, with what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So but the, the property valuation side of it came from when I was in real estate. Yep. I enjoyed meeting people and looking at their homes and, and appraising them and telling them what it would be worth on the market. But I didn't like the hard sell. Yeah. So I sort of thought, well the next 
natural progression is just do the appraisal side as a job, which is valuation. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. It's, it really, uh, really goes to show that um, you know the you're you're a product of your environment. Hey, yeah, exactly. Like it's just like it's even though you didn't enjoy it at the time, it's something that you know it's it's skills and experience that you picked up, and uh, now it's got you very well suited. Yeah, exactly. I saw actually you, you posted something. No, it was on one of your live streams the other day that you mentioned that um, you know obviously becoming a property valuer was you know you had to go to uni. It was three years at uni and then a couple of years like basically on the tools, so to speak. Yes, um, like that's pretty full. Like that's pretty full on. What, it is. What do you what do you when you go to university to become a a property valuer? Like what's involved there? I suppose you're doing law. You're doing you know. Not do you do much? You- we don't do a lot. Yeah, it's most uni uni degrees. You don't do a lot <laughs> and um, and enjoy the parties. But with um with it, there's a few different degrees in Victoria. Yeah, um, okay. Deakin offers three years. RMIT's four. Melbourne Uni's five. Yep. Um, Deakin's was shorter because they didn't do a common first year, right? Which the others do, and then they also didn't do the six months. Uh, you know, work experience as part or your placement as part of the degree either. Yeah, okay. Because the guy that um, that developed the course at Deakin found that they were having – they had far more students than what they had places. So people were having to delay graduating six months later because mm. they couldn't get placements. Mm. Yeah. So yep. – um, but yeah, Deakin was good. It was very property-focused and very – there wasn't too much airy fairy stuff with the property. It was we want reports. Yeah. So go and value your own house. Go and we want to want to do a um, a development um, feasibility on this site up the road. Here's the site. Here's everything like that. Yeah, right. You tell us what it's worth. So it was very much hands on learning. It was almost like a mixture of TAFE and uni mm-hmm. rather than straight uni. Yeah, yeah. Um, did a little bit of law. A little bit of economics, but it was yep. very yep. property focused, which I loved. And you would you were like you would have breezed through half of that, hey? Because you already it was it, yeah. Some of it was <coughs> really good. Like I, I went, I did um, twelve months at RMIT prior to going to Deakin doing construction management to try yeah, and get okay. into the valuing value sure, side. Sure, sure, sure. And like when I was at um, at RMIT, the twelve months was effectively two of the subjects that I did it. At Deakin, so I didn't pick up a, a textbook the whole time. Yeah, right. Breeze through the assignments, yeah. breeze through the the um, the what are they called? Exams. The exams. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a bit of PTSD there, and just trying, <laughs> to, trying to block it out. But um, the exams, I think I ended up with like ninety sevens for those subjects. Yeah, well, um, which was great. Yeah, made, made my workload a bit easier. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was that was that. A lot of the students that did the degree came out wanting to be valuers. Mm. I think I, I graduated with about 100. Yep. And I think about 90 of them went on to, to try and get into the valuation side. Um, some of them went into like facility management, like looking after shopping centres and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then some of them went into just your, your high-level um, uh, due diligence for, for companies like Stockland yes. and Mervac and things like that. Yeah. The majority yep. of people wanted to become valuers. Yeah, cool. And um, and then, yeah, I, I happened to send an email out to the guys at Heron Todd White Nachuka mm-hmm. and just said, hey, moving back to the country. What's ha- available? Do you have anything? Uh, they sent me an email back within half an hour and said, would love to meet with you. Yep. Um, and by the way, if you basically, if you want a job, we've got one there, and I think two days later, I'd, ex- I'd accepted a job. Signed, sealed, delivered. Um, and then it was 
going up to Echuca, then meeting with them after the, the deal was already done. So yeah, which right. was awesome. And wow. then yeah, then did the, the on the job training there. Yep. Excellent. And the rest is history. Yeah. Mate, fantastic. A um for I mean, how if anybody is thinking about getting into property development, valuation, all that sort of thing, is there still a lot of opportunity in the marketing industry at the moment? Like oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um valuers in country areas can't get them. Yeah. Cannot right. get them. Yeah. Um so the business I work for, which is Heron Todd White, we've been trying to get someone like an additional valuer in the country for a long, long time. Yeah. You just can't get them. Yeah, wow. There, there are ones that want to come out of Melbourne after uni. Yep. And um, want to do their, their on-the-job training in mm. the country and then as soon as they get their qualification, go back to Melbourne. And a lot of the the, the country guys have, have gotten wise to that. Mm. And unless you're, you know, you grew up, in the country, yeah, you've yeah. gone to Melbourne for, for your studies and then you're moving back, yep. they pretty well won't touch up. Unless you've got some ties to the country. Yes. So why is that? Is that like just the lifestyle or is it the the opportunity, the pay, the like what's... For... For someone to want to have like go back to the city? It's perceived that you make more money. Yeah. There is far... M- the diversity in property that you can play within Melbourne is... A lot mm, different. True. Right? You've got yep, you've yep. got stuff like penthouses at Eureka and, and things like that yeah. where we don't have them in the country. Yeah. You've got waterfront property. You've got beachfront property. You've got you know Turak mansions that mm. are you know their their pool houses are the size of our houses here in Kyala Lake sort of thing. And um, but but like tell me if I'm wrong. It would be like. It would be like most other industries. You wouldn't, you know, just come fresh out of uni and then be valuing, you know, no. houses in Turak. Like no, you correct. would have to work your way up to that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. So, um, twelve months after when you you do your twelve month on the job training, yep. you can then go for what's called your residential property value or accreditation, yep. which allows you to do up to a million dollars in the country, and yeah, I think right. it's up to two million, or it might be one and a half in the city. Yeah. Um, and no more than 20 hectares mm-hmm. or, or 50 acres here in the yep. country. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to go beyond that to get your certified practicing value or accreditation, it's a further 12 months yep. on top of that. Yep. Or you can go straight for your, your CPV, yep. but it's two years. Mm. Um, a lot of people in Melbourne do the straight CPV yep. just because they don't necessarily need the residential guys, but here yeah. in the country... Yeah. We've got so much residential work and not a, not enough commercial and rural work mm. to, to warrant holding someone off for two years. So yeah, yeah fair enough. But yeah, so it's sort of for that minimum of two years before you can go and do that Turak Mansion. Yeah. But then certain banks, certain um, companies have requirements to say, well, if you're doing anything over three million dollars, you have to have X amount of years experience, and we have to approve you to the panel, and mm, because there's yeah. risk involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when things go bad, it's usually the top end of town hurts the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom end doesn't, because talking Turak mansions, not everyone can afford a five million dollar mansion, but that far more people can afford a, a $1 million house yeah. in the burbs yeah. compared to that that $5 million property. 100%. And, you know, same thing, a $700,000 townhouse, far more people can afford that mm. than a million-dollar house. Yep. And that's yep. why, yeah, when things go bad, it's the yep. top end of town, so that's why you need that experience. Cool. So awesome segue because I wanted to then talk about, you know, in terms of like liability and risk and like what from your perspective as a valuer – 
what happens on, you know, what are the legalities around that? You go in, you put a, a dollar figure on a whatever kind of property it is, and then when you say things go bad, like what do you mean in that instance? Okay, so um, so when things go bad, it's usually when people aren't paying their bills. Yeah, okay. Banks come in, foreclose, yep. and then start those mortgage in possession proceedings. Mm-hmm. The, the funny thing around that is when we go and value a property, we say based on the economic climate at the moment, based on the condition of the property, everything like that, today's figure, it is worth, let's say, $500,000. Mm-hmm. But there has never been a property that I've gone to that's a mortgage in possession that looks the same as what it did when it was valued at $500,000. They seem to call their mates and dump all their rubbish. Mm. You'll have, you know, it might be a three-bedroom house, but there'll be seven or eight mattresses yeah, right. in there and, and yep. rubbish. And, and sometimes, yep. you know, they've let animals loose inside so they can destroy the property and things like that. So mm. you go, yes, it was 500000 when I looked at it, you know, 12 months ago. Exactly. And now it's gone to wreck and ruin, so it's only worth four hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's not really a lot of legalities there unless when you valued it at 500, you weren't doing the right thing and it was actually worth 400. Mm. So that's where when we value properties, it's based on comparable sales. Yep. yep. So cool. that is trying to compare like with like or apples with apples, but yep. making allowances for bruises. Mm. So mm. You know, a three-bedroom house in Shepparton, there, there may be some properties that are the same as that, especially yep. you know, the 1960s cream bricks and, yeah. and 1970s brown bricks. A lot of them, the plans were built the same. Yep. But that doesn't mean that those same plans have been offered for sale within three to six months of when I go to do the valuation. Mm. The other thing is you've got a 1970s home or a 1960s home which is knackered, needs to be bulldozed. Yep. You've then got ones that have been looked after but they might need a renovation. Yeah, yeah. You've then got the ones that have been really well looked after but still original. Yeah. You've then got ones that were renovated in the 90s or the 2000s or part renovated. Yeah. You've got a 1990s kitchen but a 2005 bathroom and and it's all this higgledy-piggledy stuff. So Mm. you can't just say, okay, there's a a 1960s cream brick at 1 Smith Street. Yeah. There's a 1960s cream brick at 7 Smith Street. They're the same. Yep, yep. More often than not, they're not. Yeah. And then you've got sheds and carports, garages, pools. All those. <laughs> the list goes on. It does. Yeah. Um, but we try and compare like with like as much as possible. Mm. And that's why when you're comparing, there isn't a, a rule that says, okay, three bedrooms equals $100,000 per bedroom. Yeah. And two yep. bathrooms equals $100,000 per bathroom. Yep. It's all subjective. And because our sales aren't that great in the sense of we might have a sale for that 1960s cream brick at... 300,000 and mm. then the next one might be 340. Yeah. Now right. it can sit anywhere in that 300 to 340. So you've got a $40,000 spread. Yeah. So does it sit smack bang in the middle? Is it 315? Is it 310? Or is it 330? Mm. And that's why if you get three valuers through, you'll typically get three different opinions of value. Yep. Because yep. The, the evidence isn't that good. That's it. Yeah. Look, it, it blows my mind. I was even saying to, um, saying to my wife the other day, like when you think about how the world operates and there's so many different facets of, you know, just business, life, things that you can be doing. Um, and when you break it down, like, you know, we could sit here and talk about podcasting, for example. We're sitting here and we're talking about property valuation. There is so much inside of property valuation itself. It, like it just, it's crazy when you think about it. So 
And it's not really an industry that most people know that exists. No, true, true. So usually when I go to a, a house to, to value it, people say, oh, so you work at the bank. You work for Westpac. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do. Yes. But I'm a subcontractor. So yes. I actually work for, I think we're on the panel for over 90 banks yeah, well. across Australia. So, yep. you know, one house I'll be wearing the Commonwealth Bank hat. The next one I'm wearing a Westpac hat. Yeah. And it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter, and every yep. bank gets the same figure. Yes, so we don't prioritize and go, oh, these guys, we like these guys, so they get up. No, no, yeah, no, it's yeah, the same yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yep. people see us for up to sort of half an hour, mm-hmm. maybe once every two to three years. Yeah, they forget that we exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but sounds like still a um a pretty lucrative kind of very. industry for anybody who's thinking about it. Mate, uh, let's switch gears a little bit, bring it uh, back closer to home. Um, so, Shepparton Local, um, talk to us, mate. Actually, and congratulations, uh, second bub. Yes, well done. Thank you. Uh, very, very, uh, what, less than one week old. Yeah, yeah, she was born uh, 22nd. So, mate. yeah, uh, well, she's a week tomorrow. A week tomorrow. Look out. Congrats, mate. That's awesome. Yeah, thank That's you. awesome. And, um, so in terms of what's happening locally now, obviously property valuation, but uh, we also have um, you know, Lush Property Services Group. So talk to us about that. So um, Lush was sort of born out of a, a, a hole in the market. Yep. Um, me wanting to put on my investor hat mm-hmm. and help people get into the, the property market. Now, there are some people out there that will do the deep dive books uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, yeah, yeah. pay for courses, things like that. And the amount of information mm-hmm. out there is massive. Yeah. The amount of misinformation mm. is massive. And just the amount of work you need to put in to, to get across it is a, fair, you know, a lot yep. of hours. Yep. Um, and so I, I looked at it and sort of thought, well, is there room for someone who just wants to say, hey, Luke, I want to invest in property. I've got $350,000. What do I what do? What do I do with it? Yeah. You know, there are a lot of companies that do investor nights and they sell you a, a predetermined house and land package. Yep. And we find that they never value up. Yep. So they might be sold at 380000 but they only are worth 300000 And do you know and what? Sorry to cut you off again. I literally only yesterday or the day before saw a video from uh, uh, an Australian property expert who was mentioning a very similar thing to that where if you're looking for uh, investment properties properties to stay away from would be house and land packages townhouses and apartments I believe yep. and for that exact same reason where by the time you go through the process and you get the keys for your house and land package everybody else who has a finger in that project has taken what they need out of it and then some. Correct. So that most of the time your property's overvalued by the time you get the keys so that if you're wanting to make a return on that investment, it's going to be either much harder or much slower than Correct. other options. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Now, with with the house and land package, you've got to be careful with that terminology mm. because people believe that like if, if you went to JG King or Metricon or whatever and, and say, I want that block of land at Kyla Lakes and I want that plan that's 25 squares of living, mm-hmm. that's a house and land package. What I'm talking about is where they go, you know, 
let's let's get you invested into a property in a completely different town. Here's one we prepared earlier. You just sign the, the dotted line and we will yeah. sell it to you. Yep. So those there, they and in their their marketing spiel, they say all valuers that they undervalue property. Yeah. They undervalue it. So they start conditioning you from the get go yes. that all property that valuers look at, they're going to undervalue. Mm. And so when it comes through and they get the valuation to buy this three hundred and eighty thousand dollar house and land, you know, investor package yep. and it comes in at three hundred or three twenty, they say, Oh, told you that all valuers undervalue property. You need to tip in more money. Yeah. Now on those properties that shortfall of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars sometimes is basically the commission that you are paying them mm. for the pleasure yes. of ripping you off. Yes. Yeah. Um, now in that we've had quite a few of them happen in Shepparton. It happens a yep. lot in country towns because the barrier to entry is a lot lower than trying to do it in Melbourne. So yeah. If you're in Melbourne, you're probably looking at six or seven hundred thousand dollars for mm. a house and land package. Yep. Whereas in the country, you can be doing it sub four hundred. And again, more people can afford under 400 than what can afford 700. Yep, yep. So that there then, you know, we've had some that were, were built in the, the 2010s to 2013, 14 that are only now selling for a break even. Yeah, yeah, well. So in that you've then got opportunity cost where yep. if you had have bought something different or, you know, not a house and land package from a spruker, Yep. and done it yourself, you could have actually had that by now $100,000 mm. worth of uplift that you can yep. pull and reinvest. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I think like as you said before, there's so much information out there, but there's also so much misinformation. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's property, whether it's crypto, whether it's stocks, like it's the same everywhere. So you really do have to kind of like, you know, one, educate yourself, but also try and find the right information. Correct. Because otherwise it can all go pear-shaped pretty quickly. Correct. Yeah. Um, so in terms of in terms of the services that yep. you provide at Lush, just run us through a couple of those just quickly. Well, uh, I'll, I'll work on those um, those house and land investor yeah. packages. Yep. We do those, yep. but we do them different. Sure. So instead of saying, oh, I'll sell it to you for 450000 mm -hmm. thank you very much, and I'll deliver you a, a finished product, I show you what the quotes are yep. and you're paying basically the cost, Yes. what it would cost anyone to do it, I've got some contacts. We get things a little bit cheaper. We get looked after. Things get done a bit quicker. Mm -hmm. And where we have access to, to land sort of before it goes mainstream yep. sometimes. And with that, we're able to put together a, a really sharp package for an investor yep. that once it's done is actually worth more mm. than what it cost. Key, key point. Now, for that, I do charge a flat fee. So it doesn't matter whether it's a... a Two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and land yep. package, yep. or a, or seven thousand dollar house and land pack. Oh, se sorry, seven hundred thousand, seven thousand would be great. That would um, be. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't need much rent to, to pay those bills, but yeah, it it's a flat fee. Yep. Um, and that's done purely so. It, it's all very transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I hate the fact that people get ripped off mm. because they've put their trust in someone. Yeah. And they're taking them for a ride. At the end of the day, that person who has been taken for a ride, it can financially destroy them. Yes. You know, not only just on a day to day basis, but yep. most marriages break down because of finance. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it puts financial stress on the marriage. 
it stuffs the kids. Yep. You know, the, the kids are the uh, one of the biggest losers in this yeah, because exactly. you know, mum and dad are now separated and think I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was looking to do is to to make sure that people got the right info. Yep. And I help educate along the way and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So that's that's one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also doing joint ventures. Yep. So we've um, we've secured some some local uh, and also interstate investors who want to build and then flip. Okay. So flip for a profit. Yep. Again, using all my contacts, we yep. we get a, a very sharp price on on the package. I then fully project manage it, mm-hmm. um, do all the numbers, do the feasibilities, information memorandums, everything like that. We then build it and then sell it to the market. And we then split the profits. Happy days. So it gets gets someone who wants to do property development, yeah, but doesn't have the skills, but has the money. Yeah, I like it. Whereas like it. I'm able to offer the skills mm. and sort of complete that circle. Yeah, and then we we go to market, and then it's it's basically zero fee until the property sells. So I don't get paid until you get paid. Again. A really good way to you know take some of the risk out of it for you know for for someone on my side. Yes. Um, you know. Knowing that it's and, not a and speaking about risk too, like we also if the if the project was to go sour, we also split the the losses. Yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, but at the moment, look, we're we're seeing uplift of just in in blocks of land of fifty thousand dollars. Mm. You know, from mm. from what you're able to buy them from the developer for to to reselling them at the moment. Yeah, there's fifty thousand dollars straight away. So yep. when we're talking about blocks that we've secured in uh, July last year. Yep, they're starting to be built now. They'll be finished. The houses will be finished by Christmas. We're talking eighteen months of growth. Yeah, which is massive. Yeah, uh, and we've had some um, some success with that, and, and we've got one client that that achieved over a hundred thousand dollars. He sold it before it even went to mark. Uh, before it, we've even started building, it was still a block of land. Yeah, wow. And he sold it to a to a Melbourne purchaser who's moving up. Yep, they're happy to. to Go to, they've got a caravan. They'll go touring until the house is finished mm-hmm. after they sell their house down in Melbourne and happy days. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, I think and, – and that's something that, um, you know, you have to take into consideration with um, all this type of thing as well is like where's the market at as well? And like especially – well, it's probably Australia wide, isn't it, at the moment? Like at the, the moment, property yeah. market is just it is hot. insane. It is hot. Yeah. And, and like from somebody on sort of the outside – what are the kind of things that are driving? And when we say like hot, we mean that you know prices are going you know through the roof for properties. Um, you know the value of land, etc., is you know skyrocketing in very short periods of time, as opposed to like normally it's you know years. Um, what's kind of like driving that? Like why are things so crazy? A couple of things. COVID really, and you know, can't almost have a podcast these days without talking about COVID. But mm. COVID has really pushed that whole working from home model yep you know that that model that was it's coming you're going to be able to work from home that has been you know apparently coming for for 10 years yeah yeah, yeah. and has happened in in some some uh industries and things like that but when we had those lockdowns in victoria and you had to work from home businesses had to put in the infrastructure and change their processes mm. to allow for that yeah so now that means that you know mr and mrs smith that are living in carlton in a tiny two-bedroom terrace and paying heaps of rent or a massive mortgage, mm. they can go, well, for our, our $1.2 million <coughs> house in or terrace in Carlton, 
what could we buy in Shepparton? Well, 1.2 buys you some of the best property in Shepparton. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's not too many north of a million dollar properties that are offered per year in Shep. Yep. But then you could turn around and go, well, okay, if we've owned this for five, six, seven years, we've probably got four or five hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in that mm. terrace. Mm. They could come here and pay cash yeah. for most homes. Yeah. So what for most people, if they didn't have a mortgage, yep. their whole lifestyle can change. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Your, your mortgage is typically your biggest, you know, around 30 to 40% of your, your weekly salary yeah um, yep. fortnightly salary whatever you get paid but yep. it's a big chunk of the household budget goes 100%. to keeping 100%. a roof over your head if you don't have that you know yeah, most you pe- yeah. most people can then go well now we've got a spare thousand dollars a month or fifteen hundred dollars a month we can now go and invest in property or invest in shares or, mm-hmm. or whatever or buy that caravan yeah yeah exactly and take the long service leave and and do yeah. whatever yeah so that's driving it yep um, when markets typically go south, and I, I mean like global markets, yep. pandemics, GFC, mm. recessions, things like that, there is a flock to safety yep. and property is safe. Yeah, of course. Because at the end of the day, a stock in a company can go to zero, you can lose everything mm-hmm. because it's a piece of paper. Yep. Whereas when you own bricks and mortar, you yep. only lose when you sell. Yep. Now, if you can afford to have a tenant in it mm. who's paying the rent, yeah. You've got some tax breaks there from from the government, mm-hmm. and you chipping in a little bit sometimes, not all the time, but chipping in from your own pocket to keep that property. Yeah. Then you you don't lose mm. um, until such time as you have to sell. Now some people sell property at a loss because of, of circumstances. Yeah. Or they didn't pick the right property at the time. You know, there was a, a huge boom going back from oh, sort of two thousand five onwards with your your mining towns. And people were investing in mining towns and yeah. thought they were yeah. they were you know, king of the world because overnight they've gone from you know you couldn't you couldn't sell a block of land in some of these areas because no one wanted them yep. to banging a um, buying a block of land for twenty thousand dollars putting a, a transportable house on it and then it's worth seven or eight hundred thousand dollars overnight mm. and they're getting like three and four thousand dollars a week rent crazy but then people started going oh well, I need to buy into this because it's it's really good. And then all the all the mining company has to do is turn around and go, this mine's no longer viable. We're pulling out in six months, mm-hmm. and the market dies, plop, and that's where people are losing money. Yeah, yeah. As long as a town, uh, the area has fundamentals, and mm-hmm. that is, it's not a one-trick pony like yep. a, a mining town or yep. or logging towns and things like that. Mm-hmm. You've got the certainty, like here in Shepparton, we've got huge industry. Yeah, you know, if nothing's going, yeah, you know, Shepparton's not going anywhere. No, but if if one industry, uh, you know, let's say it's there's a drought on it, and the fruit industry is not doing too well, yeah, other industries are doing well. Yeah, there's and diversity. The whole market doesn't die mm. because we've got a drought. Yeah, yeah, you know, yep. or if we have a really wet season. Yeah, and or, or sorry, a good season, and and fruit's doing really well, and and things like that, but something else that requires drier weather or yeah you know and let's yeah. say it's it's land development yeah because they can't get onto site to actually do the works yes that drops the whole market doesn't die yeah we're, we're yeah we're multifaceted mm-hmm. so which your regional towns as some some people say no don't don't invest in regional towns they're no good they're fantastic because mm. not everyone has a million dollars to sink into property in melbourne yeah yeah it's more like your asset then becomes more attainable for 
a, a greater portion of the population. Exactly. Yeah, you're not you're not sort of pricing yourself out of the market. For, for the average person, you are better off buying a four hundred thousand dollar house in mm. Shepparton or three hundred and fifty or Bendigo or Ballarat or you know, a large regional centre yep. than hanging on for for three, four, five years to save up enough money to try and break into the metro markets. Yeah, because you save that you know, for five years. Well, that property in Melbourne's probably gone up another forty percent. Yeah. So then you've got to save for another one or two years, and then it's gone up another ten percent. Yeah. So you're chasing this it's moving target, chasing tail. Yeah. Whereas if you had invested in Shepparton or Bendigo or Ballarat or yep. Geelong, that property has gone up anyway yep. over that five, six, seven year period. Mm. You've got an asset that by that seven years will be massively positively geared yes. if you've bought the right asset. Yeah. You've still got the asset, and then you've also got equity mm, in it that you mm. can reinvest and buy yep. another one. Yep. Happy exactly. days. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It, it's a snowball effect. It really is with the property. So, like, and you know, it's you. You don't have to look very hard to, um, you know, see that you know prices are through the roof, and you know, the land is just being sold before. You know, there's just there's a real supply and demand kind of issue at the moment. So, for anybody who is looking to get into the property market, whether it's owner occupied or it's investment, like, what's some of your advice at the moment around? You know, we've probably already covered off on it, but where should they sort of be looking, or what's some some advice for you know the first home buyer or the first-time investor. Yes. Yeah, so if you can afford to get into the market, today's the best day. Tomorrow's yeah. the second best. Yep. You know, yep. Friday's the third best. Yep. The longer you wait, the longer prices mm. are going to go up. You know, yeah. The, the top economists have said we've still got about 30% to run in this. Okay. Which means that the median property in Shepparton will go up about $100,000 by the end of this cycle. Wow. So... But having said that, there's also FOMO. Mm. So we're seeing quite a lot of, of contracts come through on the valuation side where the property might have been on the market for four hundred, you know, three eighty to four hundred thousand. Yep. But it sold for four hundred and seven. Yeah. Yeah. And two years ago you would have looked at it and gone, What the hell has happened here? Like yeah. have they have they misread or yeah. or what's the go? Now some of the agents are saying, look, We've got two or three buyers. Yep. You need to put your best foot forward. Mm, mm. Now, you know, if you put 400000 and it sells for four hundred and one, are you happy with that? Yeah. Oh, well, no. Well, then put in a higher offer. And yeah. you, know, you need to put in the highest offer yep. that if it goes for $1 more, you're happy to walk away from that. Mm, mm. And so that's where we're starting to get people go, well, I'll, I'll offer over because the other people won't. Yeah. But then three or four people are offering over mm. uh, just to secure it. Yeah. At the moment, it's okay. But if you're buying in 12 or 18 months' time, mm. you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but that could be when the this cycle's finishing. Yep. If you're paying overs in 12 or 18 months' time, yeah. the market will not crash, but it will correct. correct. All markets correct. Mm. You know, stocks, you see them go up, they come down a little bit. They go up, they come down a little bit. Or, or the, a lot. <laughs> or a lot. But yeah. the long-term trend with most things is yep. that it goes up. Incremental but, growth. But you need to be in it for the long term. Mm, you know, yep. the, the ones, the people that are, that lose in property are the ones that buy today, yep. sell in three months time going, yep, yeah. we'll be right. And if the market's had a, had a correction <coughs> in there, you've bought at the height of the market, you're selling on the way down and then you have to keep lowering your price because more people are selling mm -hmm. and then it becomes a race to the bottom. Yep, yep. Um, 
so yeah, if you can afford to get in, get in. Yep. And make sure the fundamentals are there. Like it's not necessarily pertinent to, to go and invest in, say, Dookie. Yes. And spend three hundred thousand dollars there when you could still spend three hundred thousand dollars in Shepparton and you've got far more people that want to live in Shepparton. Dookie's a gorgeous town. It's got yep. some, you know, Mount Major. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. There and yeah. Some picturesque country. Yeah. But not everyone wants to live in Dookie. Yeah. yeah exactly. Whereas look at how many people want to live in Shepparton. Yeah. You know, good, yep. bad or, or ugly. Yeah. The, the town. Yeah. But some 35,000 people call Shepparton home. Mm, mm. Whereas I don't know Dookie's population, but it's certainly nowhere near 35,000. No, no, exactly. Exactly. No, I really like that. And that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, if you're wanting to get into the market, now is the best time because we're at the. Well, we're at the point where there is still projected, as you said, projected growth for the next you know, 12 to 18 months. And obviously, you want to get in sooner rather than later because otherwise, you're going to be getting closer to that peak where the correction might happen. Um, yeah, love that. That's really, really good. In, in terms of... So that's kind of more on the investment side. In terms of like a, a first home buyer um, or somebody wanting to purchase their first property, there's a lot of talk these days, um, you know, <clears throat> she's made the big people like you know Grant Cardone and all these other big property you know people uh, personalities. There's a lot of talk going on around you know rent where you live and own where you rent basically right. So yep. rather than pouring all of your life savings into a property, um, you know look at renting first and use the extra funds that you might have rather than tying up all of your cash flow, use that to then start an investment portfolio. Like where do you sit with that? Like for, you know, let's say, um, you know, Joe is 25, he's ready, he's got some savings and uh, he wants to get into the property market, um, needs somewhere to live. What does he do? Does he rent? Does he buy? What's your advice? So that that renting model is called rent vesting. Yep. So yeah, rent where you want to live. Yep. Invest where you can afford to buy. Okay. In the country, doesn't really work. Yep. Because our rent is higher than what the mortgage repayments mm. would be on the property. Yep. So you can go and and um, and rent a, a house that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy, but it's probably going to cost you three hundred and thirty dollars a week. Yes. To rent. Yep. Now, that three thirty. Is or your repayments on that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house after you've put in your, your ten to twenty percent deposit is probably going to be two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Mm. So your shortfall in renting in the country in that scenario is roughly seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah. But if you're living in Melbourne, mm. that's where it changes. Or Sydney, mm. you know, people want to be in the city. Yep. You know, and and our model in. Australia is very different to like the US. In the US, the further away from the city that you live, the more affluent you are. Yep. Because you can afford to travel. Whereas yep. in in Melbourne, yeah. the closer you are to the CBD, yeah. the more affluent the areas yeah, are. And, exactly. and Bayside and things like that. But yep. you, know, you go and, and rent a house in, in Richmond, it might cost you $2,000 a week. Mm. But that property is probably three and a half to $4 million. Yep. So your repayments on that are probably going to be three to four thousand dollars a week. Yeah. So it's renting where you can, where you want to live. If you want to live Docklands in a penthouse, uh, walk to the footy every every Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Cafes, public transport, rent there because to buy it, it's going to be far more expensive. Sure, sure. But then the the difference in what you would pay to own that property, you then go and invest in either regional Victoria. You might go to Epping or, you know, um, out of West. 
somewhere on the fringe, Geelong, yep, where it'd be somewhere like that, yep, that you're to buy a, th- a three bedroom, one bathroom, nineteen seventies house, yes, you're paying less than half the price of what the mm. the the unit or townhouse that you're renting is. Yeah, yep. the other benefit of that is a lot of younger people want to be able to move. Mm. You know, if if um they're in Melbourne or or in the country and they they then yeah, want to go and get true. a job somewhere else. They don't have to worry about selling a house. Yeah, they they hand in their their flexibility, you know, their, their one month notice. Yep, and then they can pack up, move to Sydney. Yep, and then have the lifestyle in Sydney. Happy days. Yeah, and and us as a our younger generation is far more mobile than what our parents were. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of our parents and grandparents born, lived, and and sometimes died in the same town yeah. or within the same like the Golden Valley or yes or areas like that. Whereas yep. How many, you know, of our brothers and sisters yeah. have moved away? Yeah, you know, like some are in Melbourne, some are Sydney, Perth, Queensland, all over the shop. It's exactly the case with my family. Yeah, yeah, brother in WA, a couple of sisters in Queensland, another brother down in Gippsland. Like, you know, just spread out everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now they may stay there and, and raise families and stay there for the rest of their lives. Yeah. But your brother in WA might go mm, actually. WA, the, the market's a bit too funny with, with mining and things mm, like that. There's mm. a bit less certainty. I'm going to move to Sydney because yep. Sydney's got great weather like we do over here in Perth. Yep. Um, and, yep. well, okay, he still hasn't moved back to Shepparton. Yep. But he can pack up and leave. Yep, exactly. And, and he, he's not hanging on to an asset. Yeah. That's And property is very expensive to get into and get out of. Yes. You know, it's not like shares how... You know, you can have a, a spike at nine thirty and yep. sell out and Click have of money a in your account at, yeah. at nine thirty five. Yeah, properties are yep. you know, to get in. You've got all your your legal, your yep. um, stamp duties, stamp duty. and, and all yep. of that. Yeah. So you, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars to buy a property, and then when you're selling it, you've got your agents' fees and mm. legals, and and sometimes yep. repairs and maintenance that need to happen. Yeah. So again, you could be talking tens of thousands. So yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those things that to buy and sell a property. Depending on where it is, it could be fifty, sixty, <coughs> seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, that you've somehow got to get from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like the whole, uh, the whole conversation around um, you know, owning your own property or owning the property that you live in, it just comes back to the the way that you, you know, and there's risk involved with everything, right? But I think the conversation is more around the fact that if you um, you know, buy the house that you live in, you obviously, and as you mentioned, it depends on where it is and what the market's doing, but you're pouring your um, your income into pay for this asset, but you're also paying interest on top of that. You're paying, you know, your taxes, your rates, all this, all, all this other stuff um, because people can look at it and go, yep, awesome, I'm going to pay my house off as quickly as possible uh, and then Basically, you know, I've got the whole equity of that asset in my in my hands. But you know, if we're talking about a four hundred thousand dollar property, and it takes you 15, 20 years to pay that off, you have to think about all of the interest that you've paid on the loans. You have to think about everything else that goes with that. So yes, you might all of a sudden have this four hundred thousand dollar asset, but how much have you paid in order to acquire that over the period? Yep. And has your money like is that the best use of your money? So one of the things that I've learned, um, you know, over over the past sort of twelve to eighteen months is whenever you're going to pay for something or make an investment, you really have to think about 
how hard is this dollar going to work and is there something else that I could do with this dollar where it would work harder for me? Um, so for anybody who is kind of, you know, tossing up, should I rent, should I buy? Um, yeah, I love the fact that like how you broke that down because you can look at that and go, right, well, you know, perhaps renting based on where I live isn't the best option um, because of the way the market's situated. So yeah, love that. That was awesome. That was awesome. Unfortunately, property ownership is a horses for courses and same with, with property investing. Yep. Um, you can't sort of go, okay, with shares. Yeah. Tesla's going to go through the roof. Yeah. Buy Tesla stocks. Mm. It all goes up. Everyone can do that. Mm. Well, not everyone can buy an investment property in Shepparton because we don't have enough stock. Yeah. Someone's going to miss out. Yeah. And they'll have to go somewhere else. But is buying that necessarily in line with your goals? Yeah, exactly. Right. If you're later... In, in your life, mm. um, you know, closer to retirement, yep. you might be looking at instead of getting a, an asset that's got capital, gr- you know, capital yes. growth potential yes. in the city, yep. you might be looking at something that's got some really good returns mm. and cash flow, and that might be a block of three units. Yeah, yeah. Because the cash flow is huge. You can't eat equity. Yeah. You know, when you no, when you no, retire exactly. and you're on the pension and you go to the, yep. the supermarket to buy your loaf of bread and milk and the paper, mm. you can have. $5 million worth of equity in a property that's yep. not going to pay for your milk. Yeah. Whereas if you've got the cash flow coming in, that helps. So earlier on in life, you know, your, your capital gains are really good. When you get later on in life, cash flow is better. Yes. That's a general rule as well. Yep. Cash flow keeps you in the game. Yeah. Typically with Melbourne, if you're buying a property down there, you might have to tip in $300 a week. To, just to, to service it to keep that property yeah, with yeah. a tenant in it yeah not everyone wants to do that no yeah three hundred dollars a week you know that's mm. a lot of money yeah some people might prefer to go out and buy a newer car eat out three nights a week yeah um, and go to the movies yeah yeah although do we I don't even <laughs> I don't go, to the movies, go to the movies but, but I think or, they're back on in yeah. some places who knows yeah but um but or, or it might be that they save up and go to Queensland three times a year mm. right? yeah exactly and that that might be their yeah. preference yeah exactly. So they might look at a country property and say, it is a horses for courses. There is yep. not a one size fits all. It is yep. based on you yep. and your goals. Yep, 100%. And like, you know, some people want that flexibility and want to be able to just rent and, you know, give their month's notice and move on. Other people want that security of owning the home that they live in. Um, so yeah, exactly. Horses for courses. Love that, mate. So um, to kind of tie all this in, um, actually one thing we haven't spoken about, mate, is renovations yep so um actually you know my one of my brothers um has been doing this quite successfully recently down in the uh, in the gippsland area buying um fairly old properties um you know that really really do need a renovation um and you know he's been successfully able to flip those properties yep. uh, and make quite a bit of cash um again the market is, you know, in a position where that is definitely in his favour. Um, but I'm sure that there's, again, there's pros and cons when it comes to renovations as well. You don't want to, like, you know, overspend and then you can't, you know, make a return on the renovations. So what, a bit of advice around renos. Yeah, overcapitalization is the killer of property, really. Yeah. Um, so with the renovation side, we're looking to partner with people who are looking to sell their property. Yep. Know that... It needs a reno, so you know, a 1960s cream brick or, or mm. a 1970s brown brick. And I, I say brick because majority of our properties around here are brick. Yep. But then you go up to Queensland and most of them are weatherboard. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't necessarily like brick. Yes. And that's because Queenslanders are built up off the ground and yep. things like that. Yep. But um, 
you know, an older property that needs a reno, you know that it can sell for more with the renovation done, mm-hmm. but you might not have twenty or $30,000 to put into a renovation. And then what, what do you do? Yeah. Do you pay someone to come in and put in a kitchen that might cost $20,000? Is yes. that the best use of the $20,000? Probably yep. not. Yep. If you've got this new kitchen and the rest of the house is dated, then no, it's not the best use of, of the money. And same thing yeah. if you... Do you go and spend some money on some new carpets and a new bathroom but have a dated kitchen? Yep. Again, probably not. So, yeah, we're looking to, to partner with with people um, yep. who want to sell their, their homes. We haven't been able to strike it lucky yet with a lot of – in this market because mm. people are, are very much – I'll rather take one in the hand than two in the bush. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment I can sell my dated home for good dollars. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what they don't see is they can sell their renovated home for even more more dollars yeah so uh we assess the property look yep. to where the, the money's best spent yep and i actually tip in my own money yep it's no no money out of the, the property owner's yeah, right. pocket wow it's my money yep but the agreement is that when it sells mm-hmm. i you you get what we determine the unrenovated value of the property is yep. you get that yep i get my money back on top of that. So let's yep. say the house is worth three hundred thousand. Yep. Unrenovated, and I'm going to put in twenty thousand mm. dollars. So you're guaranteed your three hundred. If it sells for three hundred and five, great. You get your three hundred, and I've I've lost some money. Yep. I get five grand out of that. Yep. Yep. So if the property then sells for say three eighty, yes, you get your three hundred. Yep. I get my twenty. Yep. And then the difference, which is sixty thousand dollars. Yep. We then split that. Yep. So you get an extra thirty. Thirty k. Yeah. And I get thirty. Yep. And that's for the risk. Yes. Because at the end of the day, your renovated home is going to sell for more than what your unrenovated home is. Yep. There is no risk for you. Yes. Yes. We do an eight week turnaround. Yeah. So it's fairly quick. That is quick. Um, but it goes from from nothing. Yeah. I, I don't say nothing. It goes from from average yes. to wow. Yes. And a lot of people. People talk about the potential of a property and things like that, but I can tell you about 80% of the market can't see the potential. They yeah. can't see the forest for the trees. Yep. They look at something and go, oh, the carpet's a yucky yellow colour mm. and the walls are cream. I don't like that. Yeah, They can't see that you can rip the carpet up, yeah. put down you know, vinyl flooring or, yep. or, or laminate, give it a paint and that's changed. It looks completely different, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's utilising my knowledge in what adds the most value. Yep. Yep. And knowing where to spend dollars and where to not necessarily spend dollars. Mm. Um, big surface areas have the best return return yep. on investment. So paint, yep. carpets, yep. things like lawns and mulch. Yeah, right. Go, go to one of the, the local um, sand and soil places, get yep. some black mulch for yep. a couple of hundred bucks, throw it around your front garden and take yep. a before and after photo. It looks a million bucks. Yeah. All you've done is throw around some some coloured It's true. Coloured wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's that wow. Mm. You know, buyers yeah, walk in impression. and they and they go, Oh yeah. wow, I love this. Yeah. I love the the white colour schemes and, and the greys and, and things like that. It's modern. Mm. Not too many people don't want to live in a modern renovated home. Yeah. I say modern, you've got your period homes in like Central Shepparton. Yeah. Which will still have you know, they can still be modern with the period style. Yes, yes. I'm talking modern as in 
modern and functional yep. as opposed to dated and decrepit. Yeah, yeah. So everyone wants to live in modern. Everyone wants yep. shiny and new. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, you know, utilise my, my knowledge that's on the right. market. That's right. Um, Lift and, the value. And look, I've done numerous renovations with my parents. Yep. Um, they own a couple of rentals. Yep. And, you know, we've done some, some fantastic things. I actually put a, a photo up the other day of, of a renovation that, um, that was done on a, on a Marutna property and it just looks a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. And it's not overly expensive but when people talk renovations, they think you've got to spend 150 mm. or they look at the block and go, okay, yeah, 12 weeks but the budget's 350000 Well, for $350,000, unless you're going to stay in it for 20 yeah. years, buy a new house. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, unless it's got some emotional value or, <coughs> you know, it's a, it's a $1.5 million house in Corio Street that you mm-hmm. can sink three hundred and fifty into it and it's going to be worth probably $2 million at the end. Yep. Yeah, then do it. But yep. most people don't have three hundred grand of cash mm. sitting around doing nothing that they can sink into a renovation. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, <coughs> so that's, that's that side of it. And like I said, the, the appeal to the buyer is they don't need to have vision they are shown what the property can be right from the get-go. Yep. You can fall in yep. love with it. You can tug on the on the, the heartstrings <coughs> and the emotional connection and that's what makes people pay the most money is, mm. is tugging on that emotional yeah. connection. Yeah, the emotion, 100%. It's like most things in life. Marketing, property, emotion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, psychology. Mate, absolutely loved this conversation. Um, is there anything we haven't touched on? I don't know. We've, we've been pretty broad, haven't we? We have. We have. We've covered a lot. We've covered a lot. Now, and I think, um, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things where, for me personally, even, it's just, it's about finding the right people to get the right information from, right? So, again, as I said before, whether we're talking marketing, whether we're talking property, whether we're talking crypto, it's trying to, you know, find a trusted source of information um, so that you can, you know, Take the next best step and and make those dollars work as as hard as they possibly can for you. And, and trust is one of those things that it's yeah. very very hard to get, mm. but it's very easily lost. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you can work for five years to build trust with someone, and yep. it can be lost in one conversation. Yeah, uh, or one action. So, yeah, exactly. and look, I'm I'm here. I'm a local. I'm not, mm. you know. In in here for, for twelve blown months, in from overseas, or something. You know, burn yeah. people and then and then go to the next town. Like, yeah, I want to build relationships, long term relationships. Yep. I'm only young. Yeah, um, and I want to be able to help, especially the younger, mm-hmm. you know, younger people here in Shepparton. Yeah, have a 20, 25, 30 year relationship with them. Yeah, that we can all build some wealth together. Yeah, hundred percent, and all retire quite wealthy, and we can all sit around, play some cards, drink some coffee, happy days, and reminisce about the. The good, good times. Love that. Love that, mate. Where can people find out more about yourself and uh, Lush Property Services? Um, I was going to say Instagram. Um, it's a good place to start. Yep, that's always a good one. Uh, Facebook. Yep. Facebook's sort of the, the big one. Um, as well as our website, uh, Lush Property, or lpsg.com.au. Love it. Love um, it. And... Yeah, a little bit on YouTube. I'm slowly putting more and more of my my content on there. Yeah. Um, just because I'm I'm over Facebook th- throttling my uh, <laughs> my content from 4K down to yes. at best 480p for yes. the nerds out there. Yes. Um. So yeah, at YouTube as well. Um, Love that. We, we do lives every every fortnight. 
I was going to say, yeah, jump over. Jump over to Lush Property Services Group on Facebook. Um, Luke's going live, um, sharing some really, really good information. Uh, and things that we haven't even covered off today, um, you know, around you know, one of your recent lives was uh, around valuations, um, you know, banks versus councils versus agents. So yep. still a stack more um, that people can sink their teeth into. So, yeah. And if you, if you want to get in touch and, and ask a question, you can ask it anonymously or, or you know, yeah. put your name to it. I'm more than happy to do a video on it covering it. Yep. Um, if it helps, helps you, uh, the viewer or, or the listener, get some information around, around property and some education, more than happy to help. Yeah, love that, love that. As always, guys, uh, if you do have any questions for Luke, please reach out to him on his socials. Uh, if you've got any feedback on this episode, we'd love to hear it. Uh, let us know, um, you know your property success stories if you, or if you're trying to break into the market, um, you know, how can Luke potentially help you? As always, we'd love it if you would uh, share the episode with someone. If you've, uh, if you've got some mates or you know somebody who might get a stack of uh, value from this episode, feel free to share it. Uh, take a screenshot, upload it to Instagram story, all of that fun stuff and uh, we appreciate your time for, uh, for listening and watching we'll catch you on the very next episode so that's it for another episode thank you so much for listening I really do appreciate it if you love the show the greatest form of feedback you can give is to leave a review it helps the show grow it helps more people find it and I would really appreciate that Head over to anthonygmurphy.com where you'll find all the show notes and links for today's episode. And if you just want to stay up to date with me and see what I'm up to, head over to Instagram, anthonygmurphy, and say g'day. And I will talk to you in the next episode.